Those six people sounded pretty good, didn't they? Boy. It's 
Robinson does a great job in our choir. Thank you, choir, for being faithful, a few of you, and being here and singing. What a blessing it is to be blessed with good music. Well, last week um, we began a series of sermons on the great acts of love. I'm not going to ask anybody to stand up and give me a synopsis of what last week's message was about. Um, but just let me just kind of remind you just a little bit. We talked about the, the, the greatest or the ultimate act of, of God's love to us was giving us His Son, the Lord Jesus. We looked at Romans 3, uh, uh, John 3.16, and we looked at Romans um, 8. We looked at some other passages that talked about God's great love. Well, we want to continue that today on a on a word that may not seem like love. You may even say, well, preacher, I, I, I want to talk about love. I don't want to talk about discipline, but we want to talk about discipline just a moment this morning. Discipline. We like to shy away from discipline sometimes, don't we? It's not really what we want to hear. Young folks, you don't like to be disciplined by your parents or, or students don't like to be disciplined by your teachers. Let me read a scripture to us and I want to show you that you probably didn't realize that discipline was found so many times in the Bible. We'll flip there to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Find verse 4, and we want to read through verse 11. I've, I've read, I've read a letter to you from this pulpit before. It's been years ago. Uh, that the very last letter that I wrote my, my father on Father's Day. And that letter consisted of these verses. And how, as bad as I hated to say it, how much I appreciated his discipline. Young folks, appreciate the discipline of your parents for a lot of reasons. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 4 says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten all that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons now, the NIV uses discipline. Another version may use uh, chasten. But I have highlighted the word discipline or some form of that word ten times. And here we go. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Here's the key verse. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons, for what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in His holiness. All right, get this. 
no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this passage of Scripture, and I pray now that you would speak to our hearts, that you would show us what it is you would have us to learn, Lord, that we would leave here better equipped to serve you. In your name we pray. Amen. Talking about discipline, a little girl said to her teacher, Miss Hayes, I don't want to scare you, but my dad said if, if my grades don't improve, someone's going to get a spanking. Boy, if God and since God used discipline back then, don't you think he has the right to use discipline in our lives today? And he sure does. So let's just for a few moments, as the Holy Spirit teaches us, let's see what we can learn from this great act of love Yes, great act of love, the Bible calls discipline. Discipline. Well, I, I gave you a definition on your, on your handout. It means correcting. It means training. And I think we'll agree that God uses many situations and circumstances in our lives every day as a means of discipline, a means of training us, of helping us mature in our spiritual lives. But let me lay the groundwork here before we get much further. We, we must understand this. There's a difference between discipline and judgment. The writer here is not talking about judgment. We're talking about discipline. John 3.16, remember we read that last week, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. But listen to verse 17. See, we, we, we like to stop right there after 16. But let's go to 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Over in Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, listen to what it says. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So let me give you two people, two people this morning for us to think about. One in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And let's look at how these two people in the Bible, God disciplined. And, and, and look at the purpose of the discipline, why he did what he did. Well, let's go back to the Old Testament to David, King David. We're all familiar with King David and remember the story of David and Bathsheba. Uh, you recall when, when, when David there was lusting after Bathsheba and how that lust turned into adultery and then later into murder. We all remember that story. And because of those sinful acts in David's life, did God cast judgment on David? No. God disciplined David. God punished 
David. Remember, God disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as sons. Now, keep in mind, during this time, that was a common thing uh, for people of David's standing. That was common for other uh, kings to be involved in adulterous situations and in, in immorality. That was a common thing uh, back then. Uh, it was considered a king's prerogative, if you will. But can I say this to us? No matter what culture tolerates, none of God's people has permission to sin. Did we get that? Not even King David. David was a man after God's own heart. Now understand this. Did God disciplined David, okay? God disciplined David. Not out of wrath, but get this, out of love. Because he loved David. Parents, you discipline your children because you love them. And growing up, I didn't understand that until I got older. Now I fully understand it. It, this sin didn't cost David his salvation. Nothing says that David lost his salvation because of what, of, of what he did. But what it did, but it did cost him some heartache. It did cost him some pain. It did cost him some suffering. And see, God had a threefold purpose in this particular situation with David. He said, look, I, I'm doing this, David, to, to, to draw you closer to me. I want to draw you closer to me. I want to convince you not to be involved in this kind of sin anymore. I want to help you grow and mature. Parents, when we discipline our children, even for some serious act or some serious sin, we don't put them out of the family. We don't don't kick them out. What do we do? We, we, We discipline them to correct their behavior. Not to disown them. Neither does God put us out of his family when he disciplines us. What does he want to do? He wants to reel us back in. He wants to draw us back in and and become closer and closer to himself. So God, when he disciplines, he's not rejecting us. But he's correcting us. Not rejecting, but correcting. And then let's look at the Apostle Paul right quick. Sometimes God has to discipline to prevent sin, as he did in the life of Paul. Just like when parents, when we put limitations, I heard it around the table this morning, around breakfast, some parents putting limitations and restrictions around their children to keep them from having fun. No, to protect them from harm and danger. Any of you have pets? Some of you may have a pet that's a dog that's or that, that's outside, and you have a pen that you put that dog in. And, and many times we, we don't we, we don't understand. We we, we put those, that fence around the dog, yes, to keep him in. But what else do we do? We we put that fence there to keep something out. We keep harm away from. Our, our dog. So sometimes God puts fences around his children to protect us. Boy, I'm grateful for that protection growing up from my, from my parents and, and my grandparents and my teachers and, and my coaches and those people who cared about me. 
And, and it didn't seem fun at the time, but it was all for our good. Well, let me tell you, Paul, if you do a study on Paul, he was, the, the way I read and study Paul, I see him as a very self-disciplined person. He was humble, if you will. He was always careful to give God the credit for anything good or, or miraculous that God allowed him to do. Yet, Paul was given, remember, a thorn in his side. Now, if you, if you mess with roses much, you, you'll get stuck by a thorn. It doesn't feel good. But just imagine a thorn in your side. Not a literal thorn. People, experts don't even know what that thorn in Paul's flesh was. But it was something that, that, that Paul asked three times for God to take it away. And he didn't. Three times. In 2 Corinthians. Chapter 12, verse 7, to keep me from being, from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great uh, revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Listen to what Paul says. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, listen to what he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in Weakness. He goes on to say, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For, get this, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So God gives Paul a thorn in the flesh, not to tear him down, not to destroy him, but to build him up. And he said when he finally realized what was going on, when, when God assured him, my grace is sufficient, what did Paul do? He accepted the thorn and lived on with it. Think about our sicknesses and there's lots of sicknesses. Our lack of business business success or other problems. Get this. Just may be a way of God protecting us. We don't understand why things happen the way they do, do we? It's not for us to understand all the time. But God knows best. And this, I was, I was thinking about this this week. If God's children would accept his preventative discipline more willingly, more gratefully, then he wouldn't have to, to administer correcting discipline. That works both ways. I, I used to tell my, my children all the time growing up, look, if, if, you, if you'll just do what we say, life won't be so hard for you. And now i got a grandkid and he can do anything he wants to do and it don't matter to me. And why, why is that so backwards? I don't know. I don't understand it. But anyway, so there's punishing and there's preventing. And lastly, discipline educates us. It'll teach us if we'll listen to what he's saying through his discipline. See, it can help us know God's power and his sufficiency better. Don't you agree some, that sometimes God gets our attention better through affliction 
than through blessing? You know, there's a song out. I wish I wish I could have got Matt to sing this for us this morning. What if blessings come through raindrops? You know that song. What if blessings come through raindrops? Because see, prosperity has a way of making us feel self-satisfied and, and independent. While problems in our life make us more aware of our need for God. Won't you agree this morning, church, that we need Him every bit as much when things are going well as when they're not? But yet sometimes we do not feel our need for Him until what happens? The bottom falls out. And then secondly, discipline can teach sympathy for others. We, we won't go into this, but you, you remember the story of Job and, and what all Job went through. Uh, uh, through his troubles, uh, God allowed him to see God more clearly, to, to see himself more clearly, to see others more clearly. You, you know, Job became sensitive in understanding uh, what God was doing in his life. So when we have troubles and problems and heartaches, and we should ask ourselves, or better yet, we should ask God to show us, God, are you disciplining us as punishment, as preventing something to happen in our lives, or educating me on this particular issue? So as we close, let's always remember this, that God disciplines us to correct, to protect, or instruct. Correct, protect, and instruct. Get this, for your and my good. For your good and for my good. And I think once we understand that, we will be able to trust God. And to lean on him more. Tony Evans. Many of you are familiar with Tony Evans. Senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, Dallas, Texas. Tells a story about getting suspended from school one time as an eighth grader for fighting. Some boy messed with my fried chicken. They served fried chicken for lunch and the boy took a piece of chicken off my plate. They had to call my father from his job. Now, my father worked by the hour, which meant he had to punch out to come see why his son, the preacher's kid, had gotten kicked out of school. He went to the school and came to the principal's office where I sat waiting. I'll never forget my father's face as he listened to the story of how I came to get in trouble. I'll also never forget my father's response. He told the principal, sir, you will never, ever, ever have to worry about my son ever being suspended from school ever again. Tony goes on to say, as I walked out, he said, do you know how much this visit cost me? I'm going to take the payment out on you. Even though I was disciplined, Tony says, he still fed me. Even though I was disciplined, he still clothed me. Even though I was disciplined, there was still a roof over my head. Even though I did something to irritate him, he was my daddy. And he was tenaciously 
committed to me. That's God. God loves each and every one of us. God disciplines those he loves. What kind of discipline are we going through today? Just remember, it's for our own good. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the message. Thank you for discipline. As hard as that is for us to swallow sometimes, God, just make us realize that you discipline us because you love us. You want the very best for us. Lord, uh, help us not to turn away from discipline. Help us to welcome discipline because we know it's for our good. And God, I thank you so much for this passage of Scripture that reminds us that you love us so very much that you will do any and everything in our life to make us walk with you, to draw us closer to you. Lord, you get our attention in so many ways, and I pray that when you do get our attention, when you do tap us on the shoulder, God, that we would listen So, God, I pray that we would take this message with us, God, that we'd use it. Lord, God, that we would grow from it. I pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. A hymn of dedication number 404. Let's stand as we sing.